Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Caroline Maley and welcome to the Experience Creators. Today's episode is all about the role of food in creating an incredible experience. And to have this conversation with me today, I am joined by Amy Greenacre, who is a certified holistic nutrition coach with a bachelor's degree in psychology. She is also a natural food chef and conscious culinary expert with over 15 years in the hospitality and events industries. She is best known for her work as an international wellness chef and her eclectic style of cooking has been influenced by her wide culinary experience living all around the world from Sydney to London, Singapore and now LA. Amy truly believes that when people are able to change the way they eat, they can change their mentality and invite more vibrant energy, clarity, passion in purpose into their lives. And that is what we are going to talk about today. We are going to talk about the disproportionate impact that offering an incredible culinary experience to your guests can have on their experience. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's dive in to the interview. Amy, welcome to the Experience Creators. We had a conversation before and said that we're both buzzing and ready to go. So welcome. I'm super excited to, to talk to you. Hi. Thank <laughs> you for having me. I'm happy to be here. And you know what? I, I've talked about many different elements of the experience and how we can improve experiences through so many different avenues. And the first time we're going to talk about food, which I'm really excited about. Uh, we both grew up in Australia and I was thinking about Australia and culinary traditions. And, and one thing that I went on, read on your website was um, you really saying that from a young age, you had a strong culinary curiosity. And I was thinking about that because when I think of Australia, we, I don't believe in, and let me know your opinion, but we don't have a really strong kind of culinary identity because of how multicultural it is. So when I'm thinking about how I grew up, we, it was all different cuisines that kind of made my weekly diet. And it wasn't until I started traveling till that I started to really appreciate those kind of traditions coming from afar and realizing that, oh, that was just kind of how I ate every day. So it's, yeah, did you get that same, is, is that your same opinion for Australia growing up like that? Totally, totally. I think, well, obviously the way I was raised in particular, my mom would cook everything at home. So we had like our food was you know, at home and she cooked, we had food in our garden and things like that. Um, but it's true. It wasn't until I left Australia and I moved to London that I really realized that, oh my goodness, we eat such a fresh diet. Like that was the thing I definitely noticed was like, we eat, I mean, Australia is such a huge continent and we grow everything on our continent. There's not really like food that's being shipped around or not in season and things like that. So we have incredible environment where there's fresh food and we have an abundance of it. Like there's not, there's never a, a scarcity. And I think we do have incredible influences as well from Thai food, Vietnamese food, like mm -hmm. a lot of this pan Asian cuisine, I think is very popular in Australia and we do it so well. And it's not until you go, I don't think we have a specific, um, you know, like, style or culinary mm -hmm. cuisine that is Australian besides fresh seasonal seafood outdoors we always have salads with every meal right yes, it's always fresh. Yeah. We salads with every meal there's always like something on the barbecue is such like a grill fish you know kind of probably similar to Mediterranean in a sense but we have yeah. these like Asian infusion flavors because we're so close to Asia so yeah. I think that's that's that typical style and you don't find that very very good quality like Thai food in, in America where I'm living now in Los Angeles doesn't taste anywhere near as like fresh and fragrant right. as like 
growing in Australia. And yeah, that that influence from the sea, it's an island basically. So, you know, you have the sea, the culture of culinary kind of seafood. And uh, yeah, I, I always get stumped when people ask me, oh, you grew up in Australia. Like what's a typical Australian dish? And I'm always like, oh, oh, um, oh. <laughs> Can never think of something. Fish and salad? Fish and salad? Yes, I don't know. Exactly. Yes. Where are that city you're from? From Brisbane. Yeah. So tell us about yourself. You Everyone knows a little bit about you from the intro, but go for it. Share with us uh, okay. your story. <laughs> my story. Gosh, where to begin? I feel like I've had so many uh, different chapters in my life, which has been dictated by I've moved probably four countries in the last 10 years. Um, as I said, I was raised in Sydney, Australia. I have one of four sisters and I uh, was raised in a really beautiful family environment. Uh, we cooked a lot of food at home. My mom was particularly very, very healthy and health conscious. Um, you know, if we were sick, she would give us like an oil or like a tincture or a herb or um, to, to, to make us better. We'd never go to the doctor. So that was kind of my upbringing. I was raised in this very like holistic, organic, kind of environment before it was cool my mom was definitely like against the grain and um so that was how I was raised um I worked in hospitality and um uh restaurants uh, my whole life growing up from like 15 to 20 through university and things like that I was always working in hospitality either front of house roles like the, the, the host the guests you know checking people in um and then I studied psychology at university I have an insatiable curiosity for humans I just love to know why we do what we do and where we come from and what influences us. Um, so I was very interested in that. So I studied that at university, ended up going through a graduate program where I wanted to be in recruitment. So I was hopefully trying to get a job with uh, this company and they were analyzing me, my personality traits at the time. And they were like, you're more of a people person. You have more you know, extrovert skills. You'd probably be much more suited to like a sales or a marketing role. So I ended up getting placed in a company in IT in, in this graduate program in a, in a marketing role as opposed to getting a job in um, recruitment, which is what I had originally thought I would be working with. And so, you know, my life kind of went this way. I started doing marketing and events. Um, and then I got uh, a job in PR. I got poached at the, when I was doing door work at one of the, the clubs I was working at in Sydney. Um, I got poached to go work for a PR company. So my background has been, um, and, and the companies I worked for were all lifestyle um, PR. So we were doing it for, again, restaurants, bars. So my background, looking at it now, I was like always in the hospitality scene my whole life from, you know, young age until about 25. And then I moved to London. And in London, I ended up doing marketing and social media. I actually started my own company in Australia called Move and Shake. And it was basically like keeping your brand moving and shaking in both social media, digital marketing and um, events. So it's all, all you know, building up brand and buzz and bringing people together. I've always yeah, been yeah. an organizer in that sense. I've been very like logistically organizing my whole life. I feel like that was like a skill set and bringing people together. Back then it was for, you know, a product launch or something else um, in particular that wasn't necessarily a food thing, but I was always working with, you know, chefs or cocktail people to like, put the program together. So I was very much um, in that world uh, to begin with. Um, and then it wasn't until I moved to London, I ended up getting a job at a record label. I have a huge um, behind the scenes love for music, DJs, festivals, sad that we, that's the one thing in the world that yes. stopped right now, oh, the one gosh. thing I'm missing the most. But music has been a huge part of my life. I ended up getting kind of a dream job. I was working for a record label, um, again, doing social media marketing and things like that. And um, it was throughout that time working there and that realization, which I mentioned before, of like 
so disconnected from how I was raised. I was suffering from seasonal affective disorder. I was sad, like for no reason. I had no idea what was going on with me, but I'd been raised by the ocean and the beach my whole life. Um, and so when you take yourself out of that environment and then I was eating foods, you know, that weren't as healthy and as fresh and seasonal as what I'd eat in Australia. So a lot of my environment was really affecting me as a person. I was also, you know, in my late twenties, 25 to 30, that age where you're kind of developing who you are and things like that. And I had this desire. I remember the, when I first moved to London, I hadn't, before I got my job at the record label, I, um, I wanted to, to explore life coaching. I had a psychology degree. I was always interested in people. And I kind of had this, this inner kind of intuitive calling towards doing something of more of purpose, if that makes sense. And so I had this calling. I wanted to do life coaching. I did like a little uh, seven-day course. Um, and my partner at the time, he's like, why would you do that? Why don't you just go work in marketing? You already have the skills in marketing. Why would you want to launch a new career? It seems a bit out of your comfort zone. Um, anyway, long story short, four year, three or four years later, working in London, um, he actually got a job in Singapore and he had always known that I wanted to do this, this online course in holistic nutrition. I had a, a few friends back in Australia that I had watched go from, they were journalists and PR people that had started to talk about their health journey. One of them is this woman called Sarah Wilson. So she has this whole brand called I Quit Sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Amazing. Another girlfriend of mine who was like the editor at Dolly magazine of the time, which is the Australian. Uh, Dolly, oh my gosh. <laughs> right? Last in the past. She yeah. actually had, had a tumor in her arm and right. she went down a whole health journey. So because they were journalists, they were really writing and putting their story out there online. And, and they did this one course called IIN, which is the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And, and I was like, I want to I do this course. I had this like feeling and knowing that I was like, there's something about like these people that I love, they're communicating about health. I was like, this is my life. My whole life has been health and wellness behind closed doors, you know? Right. And I'd always had that, you know, knowing how to eat well because of the way I was raised. And I was like, I really want to teach this in London. I feel like this would be really valuable here because no one was raised the way I was raised. And um, anyway, we got a transfer to Singapore with his work. And he's like, if you come with me, like, let why don't you do the course? Like, I'll support you if you support me. So we went there together, ended up um, studying while abroad. It was uh, by correspondence, this holistic nutrition course. And I just threw myself into it. I was so, it was like everything that I had kind of known and wanted to learn about. You go through all these different dietary theories around, you know, the grit, the oh, Mediterranean diet, or veganism or vegetarianism. Ayurveda, Chinese-based medicine. It's like a really broad range of all the different types of uh, healing health journeys out there uh, and theories and methodologies. And then they also teach you how to become a coach. So at the end of it, you end up being a certified um, holistic integrative nutrition coach. And I, yeah, I also, in Asia in particular, when I was, you know, trying to buy food and things like this, there were really things at the supermarket that were like crazily expensive. So I've been eating a lot of beetroots and cucumbers in, in London. I went to buy them in Singapore and they're like $11 for a cucumber. I was like, why? why? That's so weird. And it was because they don't grow there. So I really had this like understanding of like, okay, well, what grows in Singapore then? Like what grows in this area that I live in? It was like, you know, tropical fruits, like um, Asian greens, spices, and fish and rice. And that's kind of what they ate. So I was like, okay, so I need to be eating the way with for the, the environment where I live. So that was a real understanding of that as well. Um, anyway, fast forward from the year of studying, um, I ended up, um, I, I did a lot of cooking there as well. I uh, like every country we went to, went to Vietnam or Malaysia or Lankau, all these like surrounding countries, I did cooking classes. 
And so I was like really throwing myself into like how to make curry paste and this from scratch. And it was really, 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 I loved it. I just threw myself into cooking. I was also fermenting and dehydrating and making kombucha and yogurt and all the things like, cause I had a lot of time to just really explore um, this cooking side of things. So, you know, it was kind of, I felt like it was kind of coming full circle. Um, and at the end of that year, I ended up splitting ways with my partner and I didn't know where I was going to live. I was like, I didn't feel quite right going home to Sydney. I didn't have a job at the time. And also my friends in Sydney know me as this like, you know, record label partying kind of person where I felt like I was on this really intuitive journey into health and wellness. And, um, and I was like, I don't want to go back to London. I've been living in this tropical place now for a year. It's like my body feels so good in this environment with sunshine. And I was like, okay, I was like, if I could live anywhere in the world and work in health and wellness, where would it be? And I was like, LA. And so I came here on a total whim. I've been here now for four years, uh, four and a half years now, actually coming up to five. I feel like last year didn't even exist. So it's yeah. been five years. And um, the journey into becoming a, a food chef was in that first year of being here. So I thought I'd be a holistic nutrition coach and I was looking at health and wellness. Um, I ended up helping a friend. I just started doing marketing work again, but all for health and wellness brands. And I ended up doing um, a cooking cl- uh, school. So my friend had a cooking school and it was called Soul Nutrition, Soul Culinary. And he was like, I need some help with marketing. Would you be interested in doing like an exchange? I did the call. You could do the course. And then um, he would, uh, what's it called? And I do marketing from the exchange. Long story short there, I ended up doing the course and he was like, wow, you're really good at cooking. He's like, I don't want to cook anymore. Would you want to start cooking for some of these clients? So he started pimping me out to like oh, wow. celebrity clients he was cooking in. And I've been cooking ever since. And I started my own um, on the side. It was definitely a side hustle called Conscious Catering, where I was basically doing what I've always done, doing events, but I was bringing this healthy, mindful food. So when I say conscious, it just is, it means that it's, um, I try to always work with like local season organic foods that's clean and healthy um, and gives people an opportunity to eat really well while we're doing this like gathering and community kind of event. So that's a long story short. Yeah, I know it's a great there. story. <laughs> and now doing, I feel like I, you know, I had this huge background in hospitality and always hosting and doing events. I've always worked in food and understood food as medicine and it's you know such a way to heal, like the way like my mom raised me. Mm. And then I actually studied it and now I get to teach people one-on-one as a nutrition coach. And um, I've been doing, you know, through COVID, I did a ton of like online cooking classes as well. And I just love more than anything, I just love teaching. I don't think I have a huge desire to be a, like a chef, chef and own a restaurant. I was like, it's not where I'm at. I want to teach the simplicity of how, you know, food makes you feel so good. And when you feel so good and you're eating the right foods for your body in particular, how that can change your whole world. And that's yes. what I'm passionate about now. Oh, my gosh. I actually, fun fact uh, for those watching as well, I have a nutrition degree, a, a science degree in nutrition. Um from in Australia and I never pursued it I knew very early on I wouldn't I didn't want to be a nutritionist or a dietitian but it's always been a part of my life and especially culturally like we mentioned before like being surrounded by different cultures neither of my parents were Australian and so you know it was always this discovery of of what foods like just make you feel amazing and and what fit foods like help you kind of bring yourself to life and 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 those around you and so I really uh let's talk a little bit about conscious catering because I think that anybody watching, we can all think of probably an endless list of events that we've gone to or even things like airport lounges. Like there's just so many things coming to my head right now. Um, Any type of like maybe work conference where you go in and 
the food is it's it's not even just bad it's like depressing you know it's like corn chips and salsa tea and coffee maybe and I like yeah I'm thinking of this one particular airport lounge that I went into and I was like what is happening here so what what did you where did you see kind of you fitting into that world of okay there's events there's there's different areas of of that kind of live interaction that need food they need some kind of catering and where where did you what was your kind of your in there in terms of how you know the offering that you wanted to bring into this world of we need some kind of catering. Yeah, sure. Like I said, it was it wasn't I wasn't super intentional with it in, in regards to like starting it and seeing it as a as a business. I the clients that I was cooking for, so some of the celebrity clients were like, oh wow, your food is so good. Would you be interested in host you know cooking for these bigger events? So that's where it started. So it went from like the private behind one-on-one to then like, would you like to cook for us? And mm. Um, I was also cooking with the chef that I had been trained by, Nicholas, who um, is also, he's Argentine, so he cooks a lot like outdoors and fresh ingredients. And the, um, I'm just trying to think how, but basically it was, it was more the, the opportunity to feed people really healthy food, right? So we, we were, we were these healthy chefs trained in holistic nutrition, trained in, you know, detoxification, lymphatic system and how to nourish someone for me, it was more like I could actually teach and educate people in these moments where, mm. you know, people have to eat. They're there for, it depends also what the event is, you know. So some of it is this catering, the event's like a buffet and it's there for everyone to just, you know, have grazing. Or some of them are more like intentional dinners um, where it's an event, it's a birthday, or it's something that you're, or a, or a product launch or something like that. So the, the journey started of like, you know, being hired as a chef. And then um, once I kind of got to a place where I felt comfortable, I was like, well, you know, this is this is the style of food that I cook. I didn't really give them an option of, um, you know, that they, I guess I started getting noticed for these healthy kind of foods and the people who were coming to these events or dinners and things were like, wow, your food is amazing. Would you be interested in doing it? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And then off the back of that, I was kind of known as a wellness chef. So I had this platform to then, tell people what they're eating and tell them why, you know, they're eating what they're eating. So it was kind of an organic, it just kind of naturally happened. Like conscious, like I said, conscious catering wasn't something that I intentionally set out to do, um, but it, it organically grew where I was starting to be well-known as this wellness chef. And then whenever I, I um, got to cook, I had the opportunity to also teach people um, before mm. by presenting the meal. So that's kind of where it, it happened and how it grew. And um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to reflect on it. I was just like, I don't. I just know. love that idea of um, like having food as that conversation starter. You know, if we think of if we think of all of those either milestone events in our life or celebrations, Christmas, Easter, birthdays, like religious holidays in different cultures, most of it centers around food and bringing people together around food. And then usually a lot of times, especially in, when you look at re religious traditions, it's like the only time you'll ever eat that is that one time of the year for whatever occasion that, that may be. And so I love that idea of, you know, no, it could just be a, a small event in somebody's backyard, but the way that you're presenting your food, which by the way, anyone watching, you need to check out um, Amy on Instagram, Green Shaker, right? Green Shaker yes. on Instagram, because you just see that that not only is the food incredible and, and nutritious and, and beautiful, but the way you present it is, is 
you wouldn't even I, I was looking at some of the pictures thinking like, I wouldn't even think to kind of do that so so I think that's a big part of it as well is is really having that that love of food and and bringing that out of people right because some people may just be used to kind of coming to events or, or going to these certain moments or just oh let, let me just shovel something down because I've just come from work or like I'm starving and I haven't eaten yet today but when you're actually kind of sharing it really intentionally and starting different conversations and for you in particular it's really around nutrition and and how this can add value to your life in 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 other ways like I think that's such a beautiful thing and and something that I think some cultures do incredibly well but for for the most part people living in very like busy cities and and that have very busy lives that don't really attach themselves to that kind of cultural uh, that that culinary identity it can be lost a lot of the time because it's just kind of food in food out situation you're not really there to savor the flavors and to celebrate so I love that idea of it's that conversation starter and, and sharing kind of the magic of, of food that's so important and yeah like something that's often not talked about right or, or discussed in detail yeah, or just it's not, you know, we're not, some people are not raised that way, right? Yeah, I love what you said about intention. So the the opportunity to give intention around food, make food intentional, make the moment of actually eating and stopping and taking a moment to be grateful for the food that we're having. Most recently in the last probably year or so, I've started encouraging. So generally, like I said, I've been hired out to, as, as a wellness chef, I'm quite known in my community, in my industry now as this wellness chef. And so the more I've become more comfortable with, you know, being recommended as this person, I started um, introducing this ritual, which I love to do before we start start a meal and so it's a really beautiful moment to basically gather everyone together and we all stand around the food usually it's like a buffet in front of us and I ask the guests to all join in to basically just get a bit of gratitude to where the food has come from um, the earth the rain the sun like the farmers there's so many elements that actually bring our food to the table and I think when we take a moment to actually appreciate that and have a moment of gratitude um, it's a really beautiful way to ready ready your body in a different kind of energy. So rather than like, who, you know, it depends on where people are come from before they come to an event. It's a really beautiful way to bring this all together as well and to bring this like energy together. So the ritual goes like this. We usually, um, I get people to rub their hands together like this. Um, and I say, you know, we're, we're basically creating a, a loving vibration from our own body. And we're just going to say thank you to the sun, the moon, the rain, the farmers, to each other for being here today and showing up for this beautiful meal. And before we eat today, I would love us to just bless it by raising our hands out to the food. And on the count of three, we're going to say yum like om. I go one, two, three. Yum. Uh-huh. And then we bless the food. So and powerful. It's, cool. It's so beautiful. And yeah. it's it's fun you know obviously I work in LA so there's a little bit of that conscious kind of community yeah and um, it's a really beautiful way for us all to connect and also just have that relationship with the food before we eat it and taking a moment to be grateful you know because it is a blessing to have beautiful food you know especially in those kind of environments so I love introducing that it also gives um, a connection to like who I am and what I do and why I do what I do as well Mm, that's such a creative kind of ritual for anyone watching if you if you adopt anything similar please let uh please let us know because I think that's such an amazing way to start like you said being really intentional and conscious and really just thinking for a minute about where this food has come from you know um what 
So we're talking about experiences, right? And we're, we're really talking about how food can really bring an experience to life. And especially both you and I have traveled extensively. So we really see the power of when that's linked with travel and, and how much impact that can have. And so when you're putting on, when you're catering these events, whether it's an event for 10 people, whether there's a hundred people there, no matter what it is, what, what are the, like, what impact do you see with, the food that you are presenting and that you are offering like what is what's like lights people up and makes their eyes kind of go wide and 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 brings the energy up what is it about the food is it how you present it is it the type of ingredients is it uh, we touched on the conversations that you have around the food but what what do you see in, in those moments mm. I think it's a combination of everything you just mentioned then right. <laughs> it is the it is how fresh and seasonal and um tasty the food is I think what I love to do is actually just present food in its most simple and rustic form and make it taste delicious and but definitely step one is I present it really beautifully and when it is presented beautifully it is you're eating food with your eyes so there's this like beauty that people and appreciation that you have and that creates this like you know piece of art as well it's quite a creative you know um spread that I usually do it's always colorful it's full of a lot of you know rainbow ingredients I always do like a crudite with these dips plant-based dips that I make and that's kind of like how I would start off an event and then the rest of the food would come and I love to present it in a way that makes it look abundant and beautiful and like that's part of the experience so definitely it starts with how I'm presenting it and then the second and I always have fresh flowers or candles and like it's a whole vibe it's like a day I want it to feel you know degustation and like a real abundance of like so much food there and um so I love that's how I present it but for sure it's also like wow what's in that oh my god that's it just pumpkin and, and cashews that's it like oh my god that's amazing and just being able to again, educate people on the simplicity of how if you eat, you know, really, really clean, organic, local, seasonal, seasonal is the most important ingredients, how simple it is for it to just taste so good. And that's the part that I think people are always so wowed about. And they're like, wow, this is just like, eat this, all of this. And I, you know, I don't feel bad. I feel great. You know, that kind of um, reaction, especially when I'm doing um, like a retreat or a multi, like a weekend event where we have like a dinner and then a brunch. And by the end of the weekend, people have had that experience where they're like, I feel so good just from eating your food. Wow. Like, wow. And you make it, it's so simple, but it's so delicious. And it's, and that's just the power in it is actually making people feel something like they're leaving with, um, you know, they're actually partaking something of the experience and it's not yeah. just, you know. And, um, and it's a story, right? It's part of the story. And, you know, I talk a lot about experiences in, in terms of if we're creating an experience, we need to create as many opportunities as possible for a defining moment. And there's mm -hmm. so much potential for food to be that defining moment. We can all think of an event that we've gone to or an experience that we've had and it, it was something about the food. Like you said, maybe it was just a pairing of ingredients that you were like, huh? Like, what? I've never seen that before. And it turned out to be an incredible and then you go home and you try it. And so there's this, there's such a magic in, in everything that you just mentioned in that th that can actually be the defining moment that your guests can will will take away above everything else in the event there's so much potential for there if you add all these kind of beautiful intentional thoughtful and unique elements to to that to to that part of the experience ah, i love that um what are some tips so let's say that i you know i create experiences no matter what it is and um you know there's some kind of food offering but i'm not really inspired and and i don't really know what to do i'm not really i'm not really uh kind of chef uh based I, I, 
it, I find it hard to kind of bring new ideas into what I offer. So put yourself in my shoes as maybe like a business owner or someone creating an experience. Like what is the first step? Like what can I do? Like give us a couple of tips as to how we can go about like creating something for ourselves that our guests are going to, like we've mentioned, their eyes are going to light up and bring that little bit of a spark into the experience. What are the first few things we can do? Ooh, okay. So I think it's really important to create an ambiance, like the room, right? So I've worked in events my whole life. And I think there's such a powerful thing when someone walks into the room, it's the way that you welcome someone. It's the, it's the warmth of a hello or a hug. And then you want the room itself or wherever you're hosting it to be set up in a way that's super inviting. The lighting is very important to me. I hate bright, harsh lighting that, that people use that lighting. So people leave, like they have that in cafeterias. Yeah, that's true. So they don't want the stay long so lighting is very important candlelight warm himalayan salt lamp something where it's like super inviting and um soft and gentle it kind of allows people to step into that kind of soft space um flowers having fresh flowers is such a fresh welcoming beautiful it adds an element of beauty as softness and you know femininity I guess you could call it as well I think having flowers is really important music is also a very very important element having some really beautiful playlists that make people again drop you want your guests to drop into a place of like they want to feel relaxed they want to feel comfortable and cozy and then I would have like I said a kind of set up your room where you have different touch points right so you'd have the food maybe an appetizers in one area where you want people to congregate and then you'd have your drink station nearby as well. Somewhere where people can also like touch and taste and serve themselves, I think is a really, um, you know, that playfulness comes out as well. Like children, you know, touch and play. So I always like to have, a, like I said, a grazing table that looks really beautiful when you arrive. Um, if you don't know how to be a chef, the easiest thing is literally like I have a couple of dip recipes, plant-based dip recipes and crudités. It's chopping vegetables. It's like the easiest thing in the world and have some, maybe some crackers or something with it. But the way you can present it is like, you know, those beautiful, like colorful, you know, it's artwork. And I think that is a really beautiful way to like welcome your guests. You have something to like touch and play and chat. And there's like a, a touch point and a talking point. And then I would move over into another area. So they're, they're having this, you're telling a story and you are giving them a journey to go on. So then you'd have another area where they might be sitting down um, and whether that is um, another cute couple of ideas before I jump over that you can have like little cups with soup in it or something, or you could have little like lettuce cups or little, you know, hors d'oeuvres, they call them, you know, you can have canapes and you want little things again, that are like really easy to eat with your hands, not necessarily that formalized past canapes. I don't really love that style. I love the style where it's like people can like touch and play and taste mm. and, you know, use their hands. Then I'd be moving over to more of a dining experience um, or it can be a floor dining experience. Make it interesting. Like maybe you always sit at a table and it feels very rigid, make it something a bit more playful. And um, the, the, a, yeah, having a nice table area or floor dining is really fun or maybe move it outside, rugs, cushions. Again, lots of candles and lighting is really beautiful for that as well. Mm. Um, and then just keep it simple. If you're not a chef and you don't want to have to do like the plated and make it super fancy, the best way, and I think it's the nicest way for people to connect is actually just doing it family style where you just put like all of your food down the center of the table, have your plates and everything set up quite beautifully, be intentional with how it looks. And so it feels beautiful. People like People eat with their eyes first. So you want to feel the space makes them feel beautiful. That makes them feel really relaxed. The table looks really beautiful. And then the food itself is like an extra on top of all, all of that, you know, that's or it's the main event. Um, and I think one way is really beautiful. So family style down the center of the table, people get to serve themselves. There's conversation starters and moving, you know, 
um, passing plates around and stuff like that. That just brings this like beautiful buzz at the dining table. And um, I think that's really important as well to have that kind of maybe a prompt or questions where people can like be eating and you know, having conversation. It, it really depends on what the event yeah, is, you know, if there's entertainment happening in the background, maybe a live musician or something like that as well, which is really beautiful. Um, but I think no matter what you do, if you do it with intention and love and care, people are going to feel that when they come in. And so that's the experience that they're going to be taken away with. And if you're putting like, I'm so, you know, I, I bought these ingredients, tell a story. I bought these ingredients at the farmer's market and I've never cooked, you know, these incredible radishes and eggplants before. And so you're trying a dish that I've never tried for the first time. People are like, Ooh, yeah. cool. like, you know, a buzz or these are, you know, this is my grandmother's recipe that I love and she makes me feel like this. So I hope you get that feeling with you tonight. Like somewhere where there's like connection between, you know, a story, a reason, a why, like, why are we here? Why are we doing this? Not, you know, food is fuel and food is energy, but it's also a connection. Like when we eat a meal at the table at the same time, we're eating the exact same meal. We actually are connected through energy because we're all digesting and eating the same food. So there's a connection that happens at a table when you all eat the same meal. There's power in that and you you feel it. You know, when you have these special moments at Christmas is a dinner and you're like, oh, why do I feel so good? It's because you have that beautiful connection with others and that's yeah. where that community aspect plays such an important role and a meal is the tying energy literally on a metaphysical like on a physical level we're all connected because of the energy of the food that we're eating we're all eating the same food at the same time which makes us all I forget what it's called but there is like a sync a sync synchronicity right. of the energy oh, which I think is yeah. the most powerful part and and the thing is all of the the tips that you're giving are actually quite simple in in individually but again and I I have I talk we've talked about this on on this interview but I talk about this in pretty much every conversation that I have around experiences is that intentionality and I love that I love what you said about like how are they arriving and then and then is there a spot where there could be that you know always that awkward if somebody if there if people are arriving they don't know each other it's always awkward and then how can you break that with some beautiful beautifully displayed food and you know even considering maybe your guests are, are coming off like tour buses or maybe they've had a long haul flight and like so kind of diving deep into like who potentially are the guests and and kind of how can, you can make that first impression from that first moment with with something incredibly beautiful in terms of food I love that and then like you said having that journey like having that story all throughout oh it's it's beautiful now now I want to like create an event like it's just got so many so many ideas um I want to ask, so if people, if people have been watching this, they're, they're really inspired by what you're doing and they want to kind of connect with you, chat with you, um, maybe work with you, like what's the best, like where is the best place to connect with you there on Instagram? Sure. Or? Yeah, I'm definitely most, um, what's it called, boisterous on Instagram. My, okay. my, account, my name is Amy Jean Greenacre and my uh, Instagram account is Green Shaker. Uh, so appropriate I love it yeah. and that's actually got nothing to do with healthy food or green juices or matcha or anything which people do think it does it actually has right. to do with how much we used to dance on the dance floor growing up oh. <laughs> like going out and dancing music is probably my number one passion next to food you know I love right. music so um green shaker is where I am I post a ton of like food stories and inspiration from the farmer's market and recipes that I'm making um my posts probably on my page are probably a little bit more personal about who I am and what I you know I'm doing what I believe in and my journey of just being a human you know we we're all here doing this human experience and um I am predominantly now more a days uh, a holistic nutrition coach so I work one-to-one -one with people 
and I do one-to-one cooking classes to teach people as well. So that's kind of where I predominantly use a lot, a lot more of my time now, which I love because that's kind of my heart's desire and my, my gift is actually to like, I want to teach people what I do. I don't necessarily want to be the star of the show and the chef. And I think if anything, you know, throughout COVID, what we learned is like, you know, it's important to cook at home and cook for ourselves and to be able to have that skill set and and really find pleasure and joy in doing that so that's what I love working with people is like finding out what foods work for them one-on-one um in the coaching environment but then also doing these workshops of cooking and teaching so Mm. that's predominantly where I am now and Um, and even creating like you say cooking at home but even turning your home meals into an experience like that's so that's so cool to be able to do for the people that you're living with the people around you instead of just putting a plate of food down like actually creating something magical you know in the evening it's so cool to do and going on like connecting with you on on social media for sure there's a lot of inspiration there um in terms of how you can make things really beautiful and and what kind of ingredients like you said to use really simple things colorful so yeah I love that. Hey, I want to, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say in regards to like creating experiences at home, you know, it's hard right now We're we're, we're being asked to not, you know, most countries around the world, we're in lockdown, you know, we're still in this like COVID times. Um, And, and I think that can be quite limiting and quite, you know, um, discouraging as well to like host events, like, well, we can't, we can't gather and things like this. Um, So I, with a few different brands and stuff, I was doing these digital dinner parties where we would actually like all come together, we'd cook a meal together and then we'd sit down in front of our computer and like eat together and have like these digital dinner parties. You know, think of fun ways you can do it. And I was cooking these um, Sunday brunches where we'd all dress up. So we'd have like a a different theme, a different cuisine every Sunday and we'd dress up in a different costume and we had these Zoom brunches. Like this was in the peak of like last year, March, April, May. And it was super fun. And it's like, just because we can't gather right now in the traditional sense of the way that we used to, um, and if you can, great, maybe do it outside, you know, go to the mm-hmm. beach, have a picnic, you know, do something that you can still do things and or go online and still have fun with it, you know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, you know, this this isolating separation experience. And I think having a meal and learning to cook with someone online can be just as, you know, as an experimental. It's very experimental. It's way more fun, yeah. you know. But that, that human, like, connection element, element, bringing you together through, like, an incredible experience of food. I love that. Um, I want to finish with a question that actually I I've up until now have always started with okay Um, we've we've just kind of we've just gone in in a beautiful direction where we can come back around to now this question and the question is what elements make an incredible experience it's a super open-ended question but you know in your opinion what elements make an incredible experience yeah I think I I mean obviously in my uh, what I just explained before, how to create an experience, an incredible experience. But for me personally, um, when I go to an event, I want to, I want to feel so present in the moment and I'm so disconnected from my phone and I want to be so in the moment. So whatever an event for me, the most incredible experience is coming somewhere where I feel body, mind, soul, the whole experience I feel is encapsulating me. And I'm like, I, I'm taken to another place or I am elevated or I'm learning something or I'm connecting with new people. That for me is always the, the, the greatest joy, like going to somewhere where you feel disconnected from your phone, your thoughts, and you're so present in this moment of like pleasure and joy or whatever that is being created around you. And I think how, some, some, something that you're left with as well. Some experience where I actually feel inspired, I feel educated, or I've had fun. 
you know, that's for me, it's kind of if, if I'm a great event that I'm either putting on or I'm attending, that's kind of what I want people to be left with. They feel like, you know, I feel so inspired now to go out and create something in myself, or I feel so encouraged by just spending time with nourishing human beings or a nourishing, you know, whatever meal or, um, or you've learned something as well. So I think education yeah. is really important. So having a why behind why we are creating these experiences with people is really important because it's it's like otherwise it's just another event it's just another and people you can feel that you know in authenticity as well it's like mm. you want it to be authentic and feel so yummy in all aspects you know oh that's a beautiful answer I love that and something that I whenever I start working with clients the, the first question is always okay write down five words how do you want your guests to feel when they leave and that's exactly to your point like that's the first thing you should be thinking of before you go into anything else. How do you want them to feel? And I always, I kind of like coined this, this quote a little while back and it was one great experience has the potential to change someone's world. And, and oftentimes we don't place enough importance on the impact that we can have when we're creating experiences. So yeah. I love that idea of like, how do you want them to feel? Like what, what do you want them to get out of it? What's the impact? Like maybe it's a transformation, like maybe it's less stress. Maybe it's like you said, some form of education whether it's about themselves or, or something around them so oh I love that answer <laughs> Amy this has been incredible I I feel like I want to go and cook something beautiful now it's, <laughs> you've inspired me um, for those watching I'll link all of Amy's uh details down below uh Thank you for this incredible conversation. And above all, uh, like I said, to all the incredible experienced creators that, that come on this uh, interview series, thank you for being an absolutely incredible experienced creator. Thank you. And right back at you, darling. I just want to say thank you for having me. Thank you for having these conversations and bringing you know, this knowledge and power to people out there as well, You know that we can, we're all creators in some way. So it's good to leave people inspired. I'm so grateful that I get to do that. Thanks for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching this episode of The Experience Creators.